Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Our first guest is the former lieutenant governor of Maryland and MSNBC political analyst and host of the Michael Steele podcast. It is Michael Steele. Yeah, that's it. It sounds like a superhero, don't it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's a super suit. Lexington Steele is a porno star, but <laughs> Michael Steele what? is a superhero. <laughs> How you doing, man? Hey, I'm good, brother. How are you doing? It's good to see you. It's good I to hope see you're you, doing too. Well. I'm doing well. You know what? I, I, I have to tell you that I see a lot of sadness in your eyes. I do. I think uh, I remember feeling so bad when you decided that you were going to go against uh, the party that you have loved and served uh, uh, and and delivered the majority uh, to them uh, almost a decade ago and they summarily uh, ousted you. I I think uh, I was more sad that you seemed to be the last to recognize the, the the party I think and I think it's more difficult when you when you kind of in a situation but I, yeah. I think it may be sad that that someone who I know is a dedicated uh, 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 I, I think honest I think uh, forthright and I think bright uh, person who could be a be a beacon to a lot to that party uh, be discouraged by it. Yeah, no, it's 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 been frustrating as hell. There's no doubt about that. It has been very difficult to to take the walk that I've taken certainly over the past year, um, given everything that you know I know and have done and tried to do, uh, you know, espousing particular values and ideas and principles that I think are mattered uh, for a competitive political process, but for you know I think how we govern the country and we can have different views on that. What I think has been the most disappointing for me is watching people just completely capitulate on those values to basically crap all over them and say, the only thing that matters is Trumpism, which is not even defined by Trump himself, other than white nationalism and and putting kids in cages and uh, saying crazy stuff. So uh, it's been tough, but you know, as I say, you know, I, I, I'm self-described Lincoln Republican, sure. um, and that that goes back to the roots of the founding of the party. But today, I'm more like a Motel Six Republican. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave say the that. lights on, baby. Yeah. So. You know, it says a lot that that party always refers to himself as a party of Lincoln. It is. It, it's you have to update your resume when the lad, the dude you keep referencing is on the penny. Like you really, that 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 is. Like, you got to go back to the dude on the penny that. Um, I, I watched something, and it's to me the, the, the dichotomy I see. I, saw, I watched this earnest uh, Georgia official 
talk about yeah. how somebody's going to get shot, somebody's going to hurt, somebody's going to get killed because of, of Trump's rantings. Uh, and he had a point, except he didn't say that when Trump uh, said uh, stand, stand, back, stand back and stand by. He didn't say that when governors were talking about getting kidnapped. He didn't say that when... So I think that there is a level of inherent self-preservation and selfishness that manifests itself. Like there's always this kind of thing where we got to have this mutual that, well, they're just as bad. And I can't recall a Democratic leader... Uh, courting national comp- uh, uh, white nationalists, I can't uh, call them coddling uh, the people who, who who talked about committing violent acts. I can't recall them trying to dismantle democracy. So there is no same uh, thing here. There's no. No, there's, not the same. There, I agree with that. No, I, I think you're right there. There is no sameness on that front. Now you know we can disagree and and have a, a big debate around what the policies sure, sure, may sure, be, sure, sure, what they sure. may look like. And I think that was the second part of this election, quite honestly, as why the, the, the House Democrats lost 11 seats was because of some of those intrinsic fears around uh, progressive policies, which uh, the country's just not willing to buy at this point. But that's a debatable point. I think more broadly, what you're seeing right now, uh, DL, is it the culmination of a 1960s strategy that goes back to Goldwater in 64? Right. Um, culminating there in, at that time in the Southern strategy, which Nixon deployed to try to get elected president. Um, and then that then morphed into um, the more religious sort of faith-based strategy uh, uh, in the South, particularly among evangelicals uh, that were put into motion by Ronald Reagan in 1980. Because remember, the Republican Party um, was largely a Northeastern-based uh, party, um, it had very strong libertarian roots. Uh, it's very strong, um, you know, uh, views about the role of government. And the most important tenement was the limited role government should play in an individual's life. That then changes uh, when we take on a lot of these social ills that were bereftening the country um, and, and politicize them, as we saw with abortion, for example, by putting that in physically, putting it in literally in the Republican platform. First time it's, you know, that happened was in 1980. So we've been sort of on that, on that pinwheel for the longest time going round and round on these subjects. Meanwhile, the country has continued to advance. And that's something that I remember back in the day when I was um, chairman, uh, I came on your show yep. at the time yep. and got into all kinds of hell of trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Don't let two black know, dudes you... hang out at each other. Don't let them actually have a cordial <laughs> you know, conversation. You niggas break this we up. We don't need that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But we did. And and um, it was a great conversation. And what I tried to do was to sort of move the party more into where I thought the country is headed. And turns out we were still going in that direction um, where the country looks a lot more like me and you um, and, and, and expanding that economic and other opportunities, you got to have that conversation. But they, they don't uh, want I, the thing that's interesting to me is if you look at, I don't, I believe that the, the parties inherently, yeah, that the brochure of the Republican Party inherently is attractive. The bro, the inhabitants of that brochure, the people who who embody uh, or are supposed to embody its mantras, are horrible people. I can't think of one redeeming one that I can even think of right now. Uh, and that's right. not to say that I think much of the other side, but I, I'll say this: I, I think that it says a lot about a nation. That for almost 40 years hasn't uh, the 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 ever since uh, George Bush's father, George Bush Sr., the country hasn't voted for a Republican 
the majority of people haven't voted Republican in a national election. They haven't voted to be led by presidents and yet the Republican presidents and yet they are. So in, in, in right. other words, the minority is leading the majority for all kinds of ridiculous reasons. And it, and it really shows that we have this. First of all, I think the Electoral College is the re- one of the reasons we're in the place that we're in because there are too many people with too little contribute having too big a stake in, in, in the mm-hmm. future of the country. I think with the Flintstones and the Jeffersons, uh, the Jetsons and the Flintstones are running the country. I think that that, that has to change. But I also think that these fiefdoms, the way that they can set things up, uh, they don't have to have an appeal to anybody, just their small groups, and they can eke out yeah. a win. And, it, and it, it, that's no way to govern. You can't. You can't. No. We're governing by people who have a little interest in advancement and only interest in protecting their narrow perspectives. No, I, I think that's right. Actually, and it really speaks to the evolution of our politics uh, since uh, probably, uh, probably the early to mid '80s. Um, for for certainly, we saw that culminate in really uh, have an impact in the U.S. House of Representatives when Newt Gingrich. Yeah. Um, uh, was able to, uh, you know, basically change the internal operational structure of the party uh, of the of the House uh, by making it much more partisan. And that was born out of, keep in mind, you know, everyone likes to talk about, oh, you know, Republicans and redistricting. The, well, no one was complaining when Democrats held the House for 40 years. No. Um, so when they redistricted those lines to keep control from 1954 to 1994, you know, everybody was like, okay, we're cool with that. But the reality of it was it, that was a reflection of the, pol- the politics of the time. What we're seeing now is an additional reflection of the politics in these times that is much more personal, it's much more partisan, and it's less focused on actually solving your pro- problem as to maintaining pro- power for self. But I think it also party, has a different... My tribe. I, I, it, 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 it also has to have somebody to blame. There is, and I, and I, and I hold this to be true, and I, I don't think... Uh, there is nothing you could blame black people for that people wouldn't agree with, with no evidence. Like, right, the case in point right now. Um, basically, what, what Donald Trump is saying is that black people who had the most antiquated voting equipment, fewer pre-swings, longer lines, found a way to rig. The, and, and let's be clear, if black right. people could rig anything, it would be to fix our credit. I mean, it's only... 270 right. to be president. It's 620 Seriously. to get a car. <laughs> so, exactly. So, but, but, and, and that 80% of Republicans believe it. They believe it. They believe that it was rigged because they believe that we are somehow, because really the truth of the matter is he cheated so much under everybody's nose from the time to dismantle the post office to, 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 to kind of weaponizing uh, militia groups to all, all kinds of things to, to kind of uh, basically vilifying uh, mail-in ballots. He did everything he could and still lost. He can't believe that he did all those things and still lost. He, I know he knows he lost, but he also knows that you can blame black and brown people and it will have purchase. It will have an audience. Well, yeah, I, I think, A, that's true. But the B part of that is not just blaming black and brown people. It's recognizing that a significant number of white folks will go along with the argument as well. Yes. And and, and so you can't, it's not just this isolated, let's, let's just, you know, put it all at the, on the hands and the backs of black folks and brown folks uh, why we lost the election. What What they're trying to reconcile is the fact that Donald Trump picked up 11 million additional votes or 8 million additional votes over over 2016 that Donald Trump's, uh, you know, Republicans picked up 11 House seats 
um, took back 11 House seats uh, and, and right now still has control of the Senate. So it, it, it's, it's, it's much about, you know, creating this narrative as we saw since the killing of George Floyd. Sure. You know that you know all of a sudden Black Lives Matter is the is the you know the most god awful thing on the planet and you know all this rioting and you know okay white women living in the suburbs you got to be careful because they're coming for you and as I said a numerous cave coming we're already here we right. are in the suburbs right. have you watched you know? the NBA <laughs> have you seen thank you have you seen, <laughs> <laughs> have you seen <laughs> Jason Kiskis um you you said I, I do believe like. I understand, which, which, which to me defies logic. Why is he not arguing? If the election was rigged, why did it, why did it, uh, why did it help the part, the, the House, and, yeah. and and mitigate the damages to the Senate? And why are people buying? Yes, it, it, it was great that you lost that, that, that he held on to eleven seats. He also lost Arizona and Georgia. He and is on the brink, and I think if, but, once Texas goes, it's gonna, and that will eventually happen. Then we'll, we'll start having an argument about the electoral college. But these victories, they just mean a simple thing. Um, I think that we come too close. I think before this is all done, he'll lose the the the, the popular vote by around seven million dollars, which is more than the population of the state of Alabama and, and the Dakotas and Vermont. Like, all, it'd be like three states that, almost right. four states that he lost. Why? And the argument that it was even this close and that we're anywhere in the direction that we want to be led by him, that that's actually a valid conversation that, that people can't even say that this man is not the president anymore, won't be the president after the 20th, tells you a lot about all the things we need to fix and all the things uh, all the things that keep coming up and playing in our life. This tribalism is one thing, but the idea that it finds purchase in a group of people who are willing to believe the most outlandish shit for for their own for their own devices. I don't. I I, I just don't understand it. Well, the, the, you you put a lot on the table. If I can unpack just a couple of pieces, because I think they really kind of speak to uh, where where we're going to be heading over the next few years. Number one, you're absolutely right about te- states like Texas. Arizona, Georgia, the demographic shifts there are a reflection of the broader shifts that are happening around the country, number one. Number two, I predicted back in 2006, 2007, that by 2024, 25, 26, Texas is a battleground state. This is the last election, and I'm I'm just telling you this is the last election Republicans can count on winning Texas uh, in a presidential race um, because the numbers, it's all about the math. And the math doesn't work for them. Uh, and that's that's something that, you know, they want to continue to ignore. Fine. Uh, you know, it's like the kid in the back of the class math class, you know, having to take a test and wondering what one plus one equals. It's right. not three, baby. Right. It's, it's you. It is in my school. <laughs> you know? It is in my school. But let's not, <laughs> let's not talk about that in my garden. <laughs> but, right, right. But, but the other part that I think is important is the fact that when you look at this election, Trump lost Georgia. <laughs> no matter what. And that's, well, no, Trump, that's not, Trump, Trump lost Atlanta. <laughs> he lost <right>. Atlanta. <laughs> but he won. He yeah. lost Atlanta. But last time I checked, that's in Georgia. Atlanta was a part of Georgia. Yes, indeed. And that means a whole hell of a lot of white folks voted with those black folks in Atlanta. Yeah, it does. All right? It does. And so that's the thing that I think is going to be so critical over the next few years. Look, when we go into the 2022 cycle, where you have the House back in play because every seat is up. Right. And then you have roughly 33 Senate seats of which the majority are going to be uh, Republican seats. 
How does the party reposition itself to have a narrative and a conversation with a voter like yourself or a voter like me? What they could do, um, they do by a simple way. A simple way. I do not agree with your policies, but I always find you to be uh, honest, clear-sighted, sober, and articulate. I've always like like you articulate a Republican Party that you and I have never seen, or certainly haven't seen for a long time. <laughs> this is true. You haven't seen it for a long time. I don't know what the hell is wrong with that. Me. Right, I was going to ask you that, <laughs> but but but. Like he got Little Wayne, he got um, Ice Cube, he got Con he got so many. He was talking to so many rappers. I thought he wanted to be president of Death Row, not the United <laughs> States. But but yeah. he he what, what what they have done and and he's indicative of he's he's mass he, he's he, he's bastardized it to, to to the nth degree. But they think they can pick symbols of black people instead of That's real it. black people. Little Wayne is a tremendous artist, but he's he's also I'm not he's not a political pundit and isn't reflective of, of of the majority of our experiences. Someone like you is, but what happens to you is that you give them a a, a historic win, and they find a way to oust you, and we can't yeah. pretend like we don't see it. Well, and, and, you know, so the politics of that has to do with what I did when I was in the in the room. And, and, and largely, I came in and started changing the system from within and, and started having conversations that required a couple of things, the least of which was money. Right. <laughs> so, when, I, you know, I started putting on programs in Harlem and in Watts and right. places right. around the country, right. Atlanta. People go, wait a minute, you spending money? I, no, we're not spending money in black neighborhoods. I'm, you know, look, this is tell you how it was for me, and I knew what I was up against. So I, you know, I don't go into these things half cocked. I understand what the realities are. So my first official press release as chairman of the RNC goes out. So I call the uh, the cons person in the office. I go, well, so who this go to? And they go through the whole list of folks. And I said, well, did you send this to the Afro and you know <laughs> the black press? And the response was. Oh, well, that's specialty media. Yeah. And I went, you know you got a black chairman, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you you know because you'll be trying to fire him in two years. But yeah. it, right. I, I think but, that it happened it before you, you but, walked into that meeting. I do. I think it, it didn't just happen when you were. It, it, it happened from no. the day you were born. And, and it happened. Exactly. Listen, I respect you. I, I talk to you all the time. I, I re, have a tremendous amount of respect for you. I cannot for the life of me understand that if somebody were doing to something I love what they are doing to a thing you hold dear, I could not in good conscience support them. I couldn't say that I still want to, because if they didn't listen to you when you had the reins, they're not right. going to listen to you when you don't. I understand. I completely understand it, but let me, let me put it to you this way, Deal, because I, I do appreciate that, and it's a struggle. So if I leave my house, where do I go to? Where do I go? Well, well, here, here's where, where you and, go. And how? And how? And where? And where? Where does someone like me, who's about making changes in the system, how do you do that when you have no system? That's. I think. That, I think to that support you. I, I think so that you're wrong. Being an independent, being an independent, our country's not built at this point. Now, it doesn't mean that it won't happen, and that some of us can be a part of that in the future, near future. But we don't have the infrastructure to do that. If I go going to the Demo Democratic side of the aisle, okay, I could go stand there with a whole lot of other black folks for sure, but then philosophically and politically, where where do I fit? Without in? a death, I'm, they I'm can't be a resurrection. I've been told that the, that's the, not. I'm not. Both. Without a death, they can't be a resurrection. And I will tell you this: that where we go is a place where like-minded people go. 
and I, I can't, I, I just refuse to believe that you are staying somewhere where you are not, you don't belong. It's like the furniture doesn't go in this house anymore. And I'm not saying you should move somewhere else, but this can't be about an allegiance to an idea when you, when you, when you have the wherewithal and capacity to create another one. You have you... Well, well, but but it is it's you're you're right you're right but it is to a certain degree about an allegiance to an idea and a, and a set of values and principles that orient you. All right. Sure, so my sure. orientation for the last forty plus years of my life as a Republican has been born. That's why I personally define but myself. But when has theirs been that Republican. way? When when okay the orientation that you that is ingrained in you that you fight against. Listen, they don't fight against their demons. You do. You fight against the people who look like you, who sound like you, who come from your experience. You do it because you believe that there's a better way this way. They don't. They don't challenge people that are like that. But, but I agree, but that's not, keep in mind, that's not everyone. And I, and that, and I totally understand. Who is it not? Like, explain to me. Well, it's, who it's, are, not, it's, not, it's not the Nicole Wallace's, the Steve Schmitz. It's not a lot not, of they're folks. They're not Republicans anymore. Some they just some have just recently left, but there's still a whole lot others that are still inside for the fight. And here's why. So let me put it to you this way. So just to put it as as bluntly and as crassly as I can, I come to your home. Somehow I get in your house, either by invitation or just showing up. Now I'm in there and I start shitting on your carpet. I start tearing off your wallpaper. I break your mama's uh, fine china. Do you leave? Or do you kick me out? No, the, society, the police, mm. you know what they call that? They call it a police raid, and I got to deal with it. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> they go, nigga, but, my bad, we're sorry. Police, my friend, you may call the police, but you're not but, leaving. Listen, listen, Ronald right? Reagan said he didn't leave the Democratic Party. It left him. And they, they have left your idea a long time ago. They have. What was that? Ronald Reagan said he didn't leave the Democratic Party. They left him. And I'm not telling you, this is not my argument. My argument for you is basically this. I watch what happens to you. I love you. And I'm not, I, listen, we don't have the same place. And, and I watch what happens to you, and it hurts me to see a black man who could be a beacon in our community helping uh, people to, to, to understand the value in having people well represented on both sides. You could do that. But instead, what you have to do is argue nonsensical things to people who aren't going to, who, who believe their eyes. I know you don't, you don't, I don't do it. But, I don't, I but don't then, argue then you have I call them out. But then, I call out the nonsensical but stuff. But then you say, but then you say, I have to stay here to change them, to, to bring them around. No, I don't say I have to stay here. I say at the moment I want to stay here to change this because I think it's worth – look, until we are able to create something differently – we're going to have, but we are right system. now. This very second, you're going to have, you're going to have a, you have to have a viable party. Uh, you have to have a, a viable party that can govern. Uh, and look, it's it, it, it's hard to just sort of walk away from 45 years of 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 sort of grinding this out and fighting through this for sure. Doesn't mean you can't or you won't. Right. right. But at least you, at least right now, we as a country have, and certainly we as Republicans have a better view of how messed up it is and how we have lost sight of those underlying values and who those underlying Who would you say feels principles? like that besides you? Who would, I'm, I'm talking about Pardon this me? in the fight, this in governance. I'm not talking about who had to leave uh, and who had to make choices. Who do you see right now that embodies what you believe and is in governance right now, speaking truth to power and knowing that this party is going in the wrong, this country is going in the wrong direction? Who is that? 
Who do you build that? Who do you hang that 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 that? that I look at I look at my own governor right here in Maryland, Governor Larry Hogan. Okay. I look at governor I look at Governor Charlie Baker of of uh, Massachusetts. I look at Governor DeWine of Ohio. I'm talking I about but they, they govern states. I'm talking about in our and, 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 and they they govern states. But but I'm not talking about I'm talking about the people that are controlling our lives as a nation. Obviously, Hogan well, they has done a great job. Oh, control your lives job. too. Your uh, governor control your lives much more uh, than a member uh, of Congress does. Or or that depends. <laughs> no, I wish that were true. But what it state is. do you live in? California, the state of denial. Well, <laughs> I, well, when are those people? When are those people? Uh, in like there is in, in the Senate. I don't know who that is. In the Congress, I don't know who that is. In the in no, the administration, I, no, I don't know who that is. But but that's not but that's not. Look, the, the one thing fundamentally you have to understand: we don't lead by the federal level. We lead at the state level. Mm -hmm. Governors have far more influence and power over what happens. Look how Donald Trump reacted to the governors during the COVID nineteen. If he was all powerful and almighty, those governors would have fallen to his heel in a heartbeat. But they didn't. Because they know at the end of the no, day, no, the yeah, governors, we, the governors, we need you to do certain things, but if you don't want to do it, we make a the way. The governors that it's, did do it are the reason we're in this position right now. I think that we're having now, we are in the, the, the pandemic would have been horrible no matter what, and no one can deny that. And I don't put that in, but I think that the, the lap, lack of leadership uh, from the top down and giving people orders, marching orders, and cohesion, and cohesion has cost people lives, uh, livelihoods, yep. And, and and listen, for, for all but we know, imagine, this country may DL, never, if, may if never come back. Yeah, but just imagine if governors did nothing and they just waited on Trump. Some did. That Some did. A lot some, did. They, uh, some, not, some did. Some did. But then they, even they had to come around. Even those governors had to come around and impose, impose restrictions and go through the routine. They may have done it six weeks after Larry Hogan in Maryland, but they had to do it. Why? Because they sat around and they looked at the people getting sick and dying in their states. And so whether, whether you're looking at a situation with Governor Whitmer out in Michigan, right. or you're looking at a situation of Governor DeWine in Ohio, the, the end result was the same. Now, look, you you do have you do and, and don't even get me started on our boy down in Florida because the only reason he was able to to do what he was able to do in Florida is because the president gave him everything he wanted right up front. Be why? Because Florida is a battleground state, and the and president wanted to win right. Florida. So 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 the reality of it the reality of it is you're absolutely right. Uh, this this pandemic required national leadership that can only be provided by the president of the United States. And he summarily, fantastically failed, right? Fortunately, we are a republic comprised of 50 independent states that get to make their own decisions and to govern themselves ultimately, and they did. And those governors, by and large, all of them, even, even given the stragglers who were coming up afterwards going, okay, I'll do it, did what they needed to do to try to protect their people and to provide what they needed for their hospital workers, et cetera. But you're, I'm, not lose, I'm not missing your point. I get your point about the national leadership, and I do agree. I wish there were national Republican voices that would stand up to Donald Trump and say, dude, shut the hell up and do what you need to do to prevent COVID-19 from spreading and getting worse. But that didn't happen. 
I thought there would be a reckoning on that. I thought the American I heard you people say, I, I, I would exact heard you the say price. It, yeah, and they did not. And they did not. Right. So that says a lot more about us than it and, does them. And, and, and that's and here's my thing. And I I have my uh, vantage point, and I have your, and I never want you to believe for one second that the the political prism I view things from, or my perspective, has any. Uh, you, you're one of the few people that I can say honestly across the aisles. I respect. And and even to some that. degree, oh, I, I understand. know we we've talked a long right. time, brother. But, I know, but but I, but I will say this: this notion that we have to be beholden to anybody, that we have to, there is a way. Because I I would say this: you and I are not too dissimilar in our desires for the people who look right. like for America. Period. But I'd in agree. general, I think that, that as, you rise from the bottom up and not from the top down. I think That's that we right. haven't done enough for our poor. I think that we haven't done enough to to for our base. Uh, and, and by base, I mean the thing that holds us together. But but right. I, I want to dispel a notion right now. I think we can go as far together as we decide we will, as like-minded men and women decide we will. And if if if, if I, a party was doing to what, – what they did to you was one of the reasons I despised them so much. I watched what you yeah. did. I watched you build them. I, I, and it just, I hated that it happened. I saw you delivering them this thing, and they showed you the door, and they've been doing that ever since. All I want is what you want. I want a nation that is fair and equal, and that people actually get the opportunities that it talks about in the brochure, and you are a person who's uniquely qualified to do it, and the fact that you, you stay here when we could do more together is, is a, it, it, or at least I believe it could, is a bit of a, a, a conundrum for me. Uh, well, I understand that and I appreciate that, and I'll just say straight up, I, I, I'm willing to, to, to move the agenda. That's, that's what I've always been about. I mean, people who know me, um, the Republican label is the Republican label, which is why when I, when I did my uh, announcement endorsing Joe Biden, I wanted to make it very clear it wasn't about the label, it wasn't about the party, it was about my country. And it was about the people I love in this country. When I sent out Thanksgiving Day uh, tweet, it was a, a Thanksgiving message to everyone, not just these, you know, crazy right. ass Republicans right. I get to hang out right. with. So I totally get that. So I want to I want to build that thing with you. I mean, I, I, and, and, you so, got it. And, I, and that's that's important. That's important because what it shows and what it represents is so much about the black community as a whole, but how America constructs itself. Uh, and so the paradigm that we've been working under is one that was designed not by us, but by others. What we have now is an opportunity in the face of what we, of what we know can be bad and, and how bad it can be. We have an opportunity now to write a different chapter going forward. Agree. Des Agree. Despite, despite the outcome of this election, right. Um, that's one of the reasons why I got behind Biden, because at the end of the day, I think he could begin to lay the right kind of ink on the right kind of paper to start to write that chapter. Now, could be very quickly disabused of that yes. notion oh, in yeah. eight oh, months. Yeah. As could I. <laughs> As could, so, they, if God didn't think that was a possibility, he wouldn't have invented tequila. So I'll be all right. I, 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 I want to say this. Amen. I don't Little have much go, use. <laughs> I don't have much I use. I want because I didn't know how you were coming tonight. So. <laughs> These niggas are drunk. I don't understand why we listen to them. Listen. 
I don't I don't put much stock in them. I don't. I put a lot of stock in you. And if I haven't ever told you before, I have a tremendous amount of respect and love for you. So if I I think that and we come from diametrically opposed political views. But I don't have any animus toward you and your perspective yep. at all. If anything, it is the way that I've seen them treat you. But if you say uh, we can have a conversation with, with these oh. kinds of people, I'd love to be. I I I would love to be a, a conduit with that. But I just don't think that the notion that we have to be kind of connected to anything for us to move forward is one that I and it's one I used to really believe. But now I'm I'm like. I've seen even th th this election taught me a lot about unity and power and what it can and how it can and how it can beat. It takes a lot to beat an incumbent president, particularly a demagogue uh, incumbent president. And 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 through a cohesiveness, we managed to do it. And I think you uh, people like you on that side could could go a long way in in, in forming this coalition that that brings not only the nation forward but our community forward. Well, I, I appreciate I appreciate your words. I really do. And like I said, you and I have had we've had quiet moments to right, talk right. about uh, life and liberty. And uh, I, you know, I would disagree with you on one point. I, I think we may find ourselves more politically aligned on certain policies than you than you think. You you use the word that we don't use enough, and that's poor. Uh, we don't talk about the poor and poverty. We know how it impacts our community. It's something I tried to address when I was lieutenant governor here in Maryland and certainly tried to have us speak to from a policy standpoint as as a, a Republican leader. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about how we advance the cause of our community, yes. the cause of a party or the cause of one yes. individual. And that's the fight that I've learned to fight in this one. It's I'll tell you, it's been hard at times. To kind of walk away, I've got you know Republican friends who don't talk to me now, and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm better with that now. Right. Okay, I'm good. Right. I'm good. Right. Um, because it it really is about where we want to be as Americans and and who we are, and what if nothing else I've learned is that this election has shown that there are a whole lot of us that hate us. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I, and I think, I think, I think we need, yes. I think we need to start with that. Yes. He's drinking and telling the truth, right? He is telling the truth. <laughs> he's he's all the way going stop now. right there. So we're going to start right here. <laughs> right here. They, they're coming for us, Michael. <laughs> hey, man, I love you. I'm proud of you. Here's to you, man. Have a happy holiday, man. And thank happy you for coming on, man. Drink that. I love you, man. <laughs> we, we, one day we're going to fix the world as soon as we get rid of, the, rid of this DUI I'm about to get. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> I love you, man. Thank you, Mike. Next guest is an 11-time Grammy nominee, renowned national recording artist, and of course, pastor. We know him as Bishop Marvin L. Sapp, but some people refer to him as Warren Sapp. Stop it. It's not true. It's not true. <laughs> I, and like I like I said, that he's a Christian. Yeah. He has to forgive me. He Heard about to. that embarrassing <laughs> moment. <laughs> I was. I, I don't even. I was embarrassed. I don't really. Care. I know you were. Um, I, I, I will say. You obviously, you know, I'm a. I'm, I'm a very cynical man, right? 
but I got I got to tell you, and I told them this story on the radio like a couple years ago. <laughs> and so Ladonna had been in my car, and she always puts gospel music on in my car. Uh, and she left that uh, song, Never Would Have Made It. Uh, that yes. song, Never Would Have Made It. Yeah. And I pulled over and cried. I was like, I <laughs> I should get my life together. And then I went to see my side girlfriend with a drink in my hand. I realized it wasn't going to happen. But but I think at best... That's a and, mess. I'm not even trying what to be... What a terrible I way think at best, you, you find a way, and I've noticed this about a couple of uh, gospel artists, and I think that sometimes the world looks at it and goes, he doesn't do it this way, and they should do it this way in the world. But what I will say is, your music in that I, that was one of the first times I'd ever felt uh, the, the the gospel in my in my in my actual self in my actual embodiment and I think it takes a special kind of uh artist to be able to kind of navigate all that I do now Warren wow. what do you think about what I just said <laughs> Stop sacking a quarterback and let's get to this gospel. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm like uh, this. First off, my mother, thank you for allowing me to be on the show. And it was funny when I, just going back to that the BET Awards when you said Warren Sapp, shoot, I didn't care what name you called at that point. I, I won the awards. So I was like Warren, uh, Aaron, whatever. But but I realized I realized more than anything else that the reason why this song even resonates with so many different people because all of us at some point in time have had never would have made it moments. Yes. And right. when we get to thinking about all of the stuff that we've had to come through and we've had to endure to get to the place that we are, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that we just say, man, you know what? I never would have made it right. if it wasn't for, you know, that higher power, God being on my side. So I, hard to believe the song is 15 years old. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, it's, it still has life. Oh, it's man. in the club and everything now. It's, it's it, amazing. It is. Yeah. Because well, I don't I care who you are, because as soon as you hear it, yeah. it will, the first line, you just crumble. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. Well, and, and, or put your clothes on and go home. <laughs> you can do that, too. That's, that's, that, there's all, there's all kind of ways we deal with the stuff we do. <laughs> I remember the first time I was at Mons Venus in Tampa, I heard Stomp, and I was giving a stripper a 20. That was different, but... <laughs> <laughs> you have you have gone through a, a lot and one thing uh, uh, a lot of personal tragedy and uh, and um, one thing I always look to see and not not deliberately is if the light is out in people's eyes like the light yeah. is and it isn't like uh, it, it isn't and and I'm, I'm not saying that it hasn't come it hasn't been difficult that you haven't had struggles but but what is it that you seem to be able to do to know? Is it that you know that so many people need you? Is it that you that you just feel comforted? I, I just, I, what is that look? That you know what? I just think that, you know, because I've been doing this for so very long, and I mean, it, I just think it just takes real faith. I mean, like, yeah. it's one thing to say that you have faith, and especially as a preacher, man, we have to get up all the time. That's kind of the gig, yeah. And that's the gig, you know what I'm right. saying? But it's one thing to preach it, but it's another thing that when you got to actually live it, when you got to go through situations, you know, in life, and then you got to go through them publicly. It, you know, it it would be easy for you to, to mourn or to experience loss or to go through challenges and stuff when you get the opportunity to do it when nobody really sees it and when nobody really knows. But then when it's all public and, and you got to do it in front of people, um, you know, the expectation 
it, again, is to go back and say, okay, I've been preaching this stuff all these years. Right. And now I'm actually in it. Now I got to really live through it. Now I got to learn how to apply those same principles that I've been teaching all these years to my own personal life. And that's what I made a decision to do. Honestly, I just really just decided, okay, yeah, this is a crazy season uh, that I'm going through and, you know, I could fold, but what have I been telling people? So I just went back and became a student of what I've been preaching and applied those principles and, you know, I just made a decision that, that if I do that, I know that the rest of my days would be the best of my days. What, what did you oh, learn wow. about you? What did you learn? Because I think uh, the darkest times are the clearest times and the most resonant times. What did you learn the most? You know, that's, that's, that's true. I, I think the thing that I learned about me the most is I learned that I was stronger than I thought I was. You know, when, when my wife passed away about 10 years ago, uh, you know, all I had was my children. And I'm like, I got two girls and a boy. My girls was like 11 and 13. And I had this church that I was pastoring. I had a charter school that I was the founder of. I was traveling all over the world. I had hot records and all these different things that was going on. And then I had to say, okay, well, you know, I'm gonna prioritize my life. And what's most important is my children. But again, I had two girls and a boy two girls. Yeah. I know what you mean. I have two of them. Yeah, I do. And so, so, I mean, I grew up in a house with all boys. So now I got to learn, you know, when my wife passed, she passed way before menstrual cycles and all that kind of stuff. So I had to learn about hips, lips, and thighs. I had to learn about (laughs) menstrual cycles. I had to, I mean, I'm reading stuff. I'm on Twitter. I mean, (laughs) on the internet, Googling, you know, trying to figure out, okay, do I get heavy flow or do I get, you know, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> so, do you get wings or without wings? <laughs> wings. Oh, oh, I'm so, pretty sure you didn't have to do all, it wasn't all on Google now to stop it. You, <laughs> you may be a preacher, but you didn't get them darters from nowhere now. That's just... No, no, no. But, but, but those were the things, honestly, that my wife took care of. Yeah, I mean, I for sure. Store, that kind of stuff. So, you know, when my daughter calling me on the phone, hey, dad, I need to stop by the grocery store and pick up, like, I'm like, wait a minute, I ain't right. doing this. Right. So I went to, I went to Costco and just bought as many right. as possible of the stuff. Right. He bought a pallet. He may not do what you wanted to, but he going on to, co- to Costco. <laughs> I, I, I wish I, I would, I, I gotta love to have you, I, I want to talk about you, I want to really take a moment to talk about your your, your latest project, which uh, my my business partner, Sonia Vine, is just the biggest like I'm not a fan of gospel. I'm a fan of yours because I I think that you, what you do, I, I can I can it's like painting by the numbers for me. But what was your inspiration for your latest project? What's the name? What's the inspiration? Well, believe it or not, you know, but I, I packed my bags 15 months ago. I left a church that I started, founded, paid it off, and walked away from it, and I moved to Texas. And I took a church uh, here. Uh, in, in, in the Fort Worth area called Chosen Vessel. So so I decided, people thought I named my record Chosen Vessel because ah. that was the name of the church. And I was like, well, that's great marketing, but that's wasn't why, that wasn't why I did it. I named it Chosen Vessel because I began to think about all the flaws, all the mistakes, all the things that I've done wrong. But even though I did some crazy stuff in my life, God still chose me to do what he wanted me to do. And I think that everybody needs to look at their life in that same way that, yeah, you, you, you ain't the best person, but look what God chose you to do. 
Look at it. Look at the impact that you're supposed to have. And in spite of everything that you've done wrong, he still looked past your thoughts and decided to use you anyhow. So that was really more or less the the driving force for for the naming of the album. And just to remind every individual that you've been chosen for for, for this particular time, for this particular moment, and that uh, your responsibility is to find out what it is and to make impact in it. Man, I love you. Wow. Warren Sapp, you are uh, Warren you are the dope. <laughs> you are the dope. <laughs> you know, you know, listen, I know they beat you up over there. We still beat him up over it. <laughs> but you know, maybe this is what I was chosen to do at that particular moment. <laughs> <laughs> We love you, man. Your big chosen vessel up. It's it's the it's the jam. And the dude Warren ain't bad either. He's a good dude too. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right.